Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. Ori, it's about time you buy another car. I have to, Mick. How did you know? Well, one time or another during the year, you're always looking for a car. But this time I'm looking for a new, well, not a new car, but yeah, a first car. So I need to buy a, a car for my daughter, who's now about to get her Earl plates, and you got to buy a car. Okay, you got to buy your kids a car, right? Wait a minute, mate. We a minute. all had this dilemma. Before you say you got to buy the kids a car, oh. why don't they just borrow yours or, well, or so, Rose's? So mine they can't because it's a company car. Fair so enough. So they're not uh, insured or registered or allowed to. Rose's is a big X5 four-wheel drive, and for someone learning to drive on their L's, oh, sorry, she's on her L's, she's about to get her piece, I should say. I think it's too big of a car. So with Giuseppe, we bought the little Volkswagen Polo. And why that? Why a little It was nice and, nice and small, nifty, easy to get around, easy to park, good fuel economy, a good first car, all the safety features, I thought. So we've done a bit of research. I had 60-odd thousand kilometres on there when we bought it. It's now just ticked over 105,000 kilometres in under three years. So I, so I thought maybe we trade Giuseppe's and buy two cars. Oh, really? And get, you know, two used cars. But my question, and I asked you this, and, I, you know, this is a good, good topic because you have to buy – well, you don't have to buy a car for them. They can buy their own or whatever. You can help them buy one. But in sourcing a car, their first car, don't you think a four-wheel drive is too big? No, I agree. I think it's got to be – it should be something a little bit smaller. I mean, they're travelling generally with one person in the car and the – P rules here, the probation rules. You can't have more than two people, I think, in the car yeah, for correct. the first that's, year. That's exactly and right. And you've got curfews in terms. Yeah. So you've got all that. So if we had an old car at home, if I had an old car, all right, I'm not really giving them that. And that's, I suppose, most families or most people, when we were all starting to learn, the oldest car in the fleet at home is the car that you got to drive and use when you got your piece. Yeah, but why wouldn't you get her a classic? Well, she's not, well, the safety features is what I'm concerned about. So you want airbags, Mick. You want airbags? You want, yeah, you want airbags. You want as many airbags as possible. So, you know, it was interesting. I spoke about this for a while. Do you go look at an older car, with uh, which is cheaper, let's just say, might have a few 100,000-odd kilometres, if not a few more, which is quite cheap, and give them that to drive without all the safety features that the modern new cars got for the same amount of money, might be a smaller car, might be a Japanese made car, might be a Korean made. It doesn't matter, but it's some quite you know value for money cars. The MG comes to mind that little MG three that brand new you could yeah brand new was sixteen nine ninety. So if you're if your you know a budget was fifteen sixteen under twenty thousand dollars, you get a new car there, or do you go buy I don't know an old Commodore, let's just say, or an old you know Ford for the same money. Or what probably do you do? even a lot less. Look, I think it really depends on, on your child as well. Number one, you'll be looking at automatic, will you? Automatic, yeah, 100%. Not that I agree. Actually, in, now, well, this is a good point. Now they've got to buy two. Originally, yes, automatic. But now that we're going to buy two cars, I'm thinking maybe we buy one manual, one automatic. So that way they can learn to drive the manual. Look, from my point of view, that would be a very good choice. Uh, I've taught all three of my boys to learn manuals, yep. to drive manuals. I and want my of fact, kids to learn, yeah. The first car that Vincent ended up getting was 
was an Alpha 147 in a manual. There you go. All right. Perfect. So he's had a manual. <coughs> the Fiat Punto's a manual. The X Trail, which was a hand me down from work, that was an auto. But in saying that, I, I'm with you with the safety features. Number one that I look at is it's got to be, it's got to have some safety features. And one of the main ones is anti lock brakes. Anti lock brakes, yeah. Because the kids aren't used to braking and it skidding. Yep. Because the anti lock brakes does does all the work for you. That's an active feature. The other one, the other main one that you're talking about, which I agree, is is the airbags. Yeah, airbags are And at least it's got to be their steering wheel airbag. Yeah, 100%. So even though my kids have had older cars, they've had uh, not the airbags, I've got to say, not the, um, for the Alpha, the early Alpha didn't have airbags, I don't think, and neither did the Fiat Punto. No, the steering wheel? No. Oh, Wow. Actually, I say no. Two thousand and two thousand and six. Oh, should have been. It might. It might have. Oh no, that's the two thousand and six. That's the X trial that had airbags. Yeah. But for me, I really wanted them to learn in a manual. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So, and the thing is, the later, the longer or the later they leave it to learn a manual, the harder it's going to be for them. Yeah. And also the good thing about a manual that I see as a young person learning to drive is that you've got to concentrate a lot more. 100%. 100%. You know, not just get in there like a dodgem car at the Royal Show and just put your accelerator down and away you go. Well, that's why now I'm thinking is the automatic that we're going to buy, whatever we do buy, if we do buy, well, we have to because we need the car, much probably for Louisa. And I'm thinking it's time now Giuseppe can start to learn in a manual because he's been on the road a couple of years now at least. He's off his P's and his P2s I think will be off also by the time we buy the car. So he's got a little bit more experience on the road so he can have a little bit more time to learn. And then if worst case scenario, if he still feels comfortable, he can drive the automatic. That's there when not being used because Louise and Mastrotti won't use them every day. The whole thing is you don't know what – I don't know how we – I don't know how families do it with one, one car. Well, they do – well, they have to share somehow. Somehow, because, I mean, I've got kids at different university campuses, training, work, different work locations. So, now, I get it. If you've just got to drive to work and leave it in the car park all day, it's a waste of a car. Yeah, catch, you know, catch a cab. Transport. Exactly right, get dropped off, whatever. You don't need to do that. But if you're on the road and you've got places to be, well, you know, you've got uni at this time and work at this time, I get that. You need a car to travel around. And it's not normal nine to five in all the things they do because they do do a lot of extracurricular activities. Correct, correct. So the sports, the part-time work. The, so it's very difficult for them not to have a, a car of some sort. Now, to be honest, you know, I look at it, most probably Rose's car is the car or the family car, the X5, is the one that spends most time at home and doesn't get driven much because – we use my company car most days, or well, I use it every day, obviously, but on weekends, if it's parked, that's what we take out. And so by default, we don't really use the seven-seater unless we need to use the seven-seater, which is quite rare these days. So you almost say, well, you could get one of the kids to drive that. And I know that's Giuseppe definitely wants that. He goes, just give me mum's car and we'll make do, and Louise can have the little golf, and we don't need to buy anything. I'm not sure that's appropriate either. Right, and he's most probably right in the sense of utilisation of what you've currently got without having to spend any more money. Yeah, but, I mean, the BM, you've looked after it a fair bit. Correct. And then and it's going to be outside. Then, you know, what, it's a different story. But I think, is what you mentioned before, if you get two, two smaller cars, 
don't know. Two uh, smaller cars. Two I'm smaller thinking. cars, but one should be a manual. Yeah, I and think not, so too. And even though one, like, um, Louisa can't drive the, the manual initially, that's fine, and Giuseppe will learn how to drive the manual. But if the manual is not available for some reason, whatever, well, then you can take the X5. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they could still drive the X5, although under your P's, its power-to-weight ratio might not be able that's to drive That's three-litre diesel. Oh, so you'd probably be okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so okay. he can drive it on his P. Oh, yeah, once he's finished his P's, anyhow. Louisa must probably not. Uh, the thing also is, we said about the manual and the automatic. The other reason why we haven't got a manual in our or in the for the kids yet is because actually Rosa can't drive a manual. So then we're going to have a car there that no one will drive. And so then, well, what have you actually done here? Because she quite often, yeah, she quite often takes the kid's car to just run down to the shops or whatever, right? Okay, so Rose is going to have to learn how to drive a manual. Yeah, which is, See, that's not going to happen, right? It, like you said, because as you get older, you just, you're just you not going to learn. In Teresa's case, <coughs> she can drive a manual. Yeah. Mind you, when I bought the Cordia Turbo, she drove my Fiat 125 in a manual. See? Which you couldn't get automatic. But then I had the smaller steering wheel, bigger tyres. I don't know how she drove it. Because after a while, not driving it and then driving it, it's unbelievably difficult. See? Um, but you adapt. You do. You, you do. adapt. And that's what I'm, And the kids will have to adapt to whatever. But, you know, a first car or buying a first car for a, one of your children, it's, it's a big decision. It is a big decision. Right? You know, and number one, like you said, they haven't been on the road at all. No, no, not for a long time at all, let's yeah, just say. So the first thing you do think of is the safety aspect. 100%. So that's why even though… Reliability, another reason why I don't go for an older car. You don't want it to break down at the lights and, or you know, start to, you know, smoke because of no water in the uh, radiator or whatever it may be, you know. So you want reliability. You would want reliability and more than likely, you want to say more than likely, it's probably a subjective comment, but the kids aren't used to being mechanically mechanically. No, correct. They're not going to pop the bonnet at the lights and try and work out, okay, yeah, it's the alternator, just click here. They're not going to do that. And you can't do that with new cars anyway. Right. So we've discounted buying a classic. An car. older car. Classics, as to, you know, maybe one day they'll go back and buy their original car back, which will be a classic in one day. Well, that's why I think it's important that they do learn a manual. Yeah. Like my two older boys uh, that have got manuals, they don't want to drive an automatic. Yeah, there you go. They love driving the manual. You know, and so, and whereas Marco is he driving the X-Trail, that's, that's fine. It's an auto. It's got the standard safety features, anti-lock brakes, airbag on the, only on the steering wheel, not on the passenger. I don't think it's got a passenger airbag. I'm yep. not sure. Oh, and, the, and the thing is, how much do you spend on a first car, Mick? Well, you know, that's is, the thing too. I mean, everyone's got budget, but it's a first car too. So you want, with the price of petrol, as we know, is rising uh, you know, daily, you need to insure them. Insurance costs are going through the roof. And you're going to insure them in comprehensive as well. Because they're under the age of 25. So that makes a big, uh, you know, a big dent. And then you've got the um, surfacing. Of the vehicle. So you want something that's quite, you know, almost three years free servicing or whatever, hence which you get with a new car, you don't get always with an older car. Yeah, so and that's why people do go for the smaller, newer cars because they do have some confidence in the reliability side of things because yeah. it's new. Yeah. But, look, I think, you know, 
if you're buying a car that's got those safety features, it's not as critical to actually make sure it's brand new car because I mean it does get expensive, but they do have the you know the the lower entry level cars. So you're saying X demos? Oh or? no, I'm thinking earlier than that. I, I don't think. I, my personal opinion is that I think the kids can't be too spoiled. No, no, with I'm with what that. So that's one asset. So looking at the spoiling, I agree. Yeah, ridiculous. You don't need this car, and that's all relative, by the way. So one yeah. talks about one car, correct, mate. Five thousand yeah. dollars could be spoiling. That's right? correct. You know, one thing. No, I'm not putting monitor, but I agree. This the perceived spoiling aspect is a huge one, and I'm a, I'm looking at that also, but I think. With Giuseppe's car, that Volkswagen uh, Polo, the little Polo, it did have sixty-four. I think it had two higher kilometers. Because when I was first looking, I wanted something under fifty thousand kilometers. Really, you thought that, but you didn't have any problems with it. No, car. no, I've had no problems. I've had no problems uh, with it. At the moment, it went for another service. I must. That's where I'm going to trade it because I'm saying the gearbox is most probably on the way out. It may need a new gearbox, and you know, you look at all these things in the f- May. But you bought that. That's a European car. That's a European car. And, but I think I always say, to be honest, cars, and I know there's some cars, Holdens and Fords and old Australian cars, that are, mate, they're over 200, 300,000 kilometres. No problems, right? I get that. And there's cars that I think my rule of thumb is, and it's happened with my company cars that I have had a myriad from Australian Fords, Holdens, now with Subaru. Once they hit the 100,000, 150,000 mark, Mick, you're getting pro- – there's issues happen. Yeah. Right? It's wear and tear. I get it, right? So I want to try and avoid that at all cost as for as long as I can. When you buy something with higher kilometres, obviously it's less – I mean, like, I didn't realise that Giuseppe would do so many kilometres in such a short time. Well, naturally, by the time he does, goes to training, goes to uni. Three nights a week, and a uni every day. I get it. Work, uni – Going out, but boom. But I don't think I did that many kilometres as a kid, but maybe I did, right? No, well, the uni went back then. We used to catch a bus to go to uni. Well, not really. I picked up your brother on the way. Well, that's, we, that's in the later time. So you're <laughs> younger than me, so... We didn't want to catch the bus. Uh, but, and that was in the XA Falcon. That was my, our uni car, 302 John Goss Special. God, remember How good is that? That was ridiculous. Manual, four speed. But... Was that the, your first car? That was my first car. And yeah, that was your first that car. Was my there first you go. Car. So I wanted the Alpha. Remember? So much for getting a small car. I wanted the Fiat One Three One. Actually, that's what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. So much for getting a small car, and I learned how to drive it. No problem. But the thing is, now that it's over a hundred thousand kilometres, there's things that are, need to be fixed. So you're servicing. So you think to yourself, well, all right, I know my budget was five thousand, ten thousand. Doesn't matter what that is. Do you spend a little bit more? Get a car with less kilometres. Still got maybe some warranty on it. And that way you got a little bit more peace of mind. I think that's what I'm going to do this time, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think so. And if you really want the reliability, dare I say, you should really probably go to the Japanese or the Korean. Yeah, absolutely. I know. think a little Toyota or a little Mazda or something like Mitsubishi that is a bit perfect. You know? um, but the other thing is you mentioned about the kilometres. The amount of kilometres that people used to frown upon that was too much back years ago when we were in miles, not kilometres, yeah. was 100 miles, 100,000 miles. That was what it was back then, which is equivalent to 160,000 kilometres. But it's not generally the motor that have you have the problems with. 
There's it's, other things. There's the suspension. There's the brakes. There's the uh, gearbox. There's the starter motor. It's all the other periphery things that start to uh, well, wear and tear. It's all wear and it's tear. Wear and tear. It's all wear you and know, tear. So tires is going to happen. Doesn't matter what. Yeah, well, tires. Right, that's things different. like that. But it's these other things, like you said, that you start to concern yourself because. You need to maintain them. Yeah. And in saying that in, main, in maintaining them, so do you think with your your kids, when they drive it, they just drive it? Something goes wrong, they don't worry about it? But 100%. So, example, get in the car to reverse it out of the driveway and you've got the hazard warning, uh, low washer fluid. Uh, what was the other thing? I Battery. think one time you had low water. No, that, low, yeah, low washer fluid. So, Giuseppe, how long has this hazard come on? Oh, yeah, that, it's, it's been a while. But you didn't do anything said, about just it? Just open the bonnet. I showed him how to do it. I said, this is literally get a little bucket of water, a little, you know, that we garden with. What, what do you call them there? The water te- uh, fountain. Little, no, the little water <laughs> bottle, bottle there. The, yeah, the bottle. Mate, you fill it up with water, tap water, and off you go. Yeah. That's it. That's all you have to do. Pop this. It'll overflow when it's too much. You can't, you're not going to break anything here. You're not putting oil or fluids or coolant or anything. That hazard light comes on all the time. Uh, another one was uh, uh, tyre pressure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, how long's that been? Yeah, it's been a while. What, did you stop? Put air in the tyre? Yeah, they so that ain't, of it. No, they don't, don't worry about it. No, exactly right. If it stops, it stops. Right. It wasn't until, well, to be honest, when I sent him to take it for a, have a look at this jolting, it's only because I picked up the car and I couldn't be stuffed. I said, look, just get in this. We'll take your car today. And I was driving it and all of a sudden it jolted at the lights. And he said, oh, yeah, that's been happening for a while. And you said, didn't want to say anything? How long? Oh, about three months. I said, what, did you not want to tell me? He goes, oh, no, it fixes itself. I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, it won't happen again now for about an hour. And yeah. <laughs> so That's preventative right, maintenance. Exactly right, right? So I, that concerns me. So, yes, Mick. The lower maintenance they need to do, because you can't – I physically don't drive the cars every day. Even Rose's car I don't drive all the time. I can't remember the last time I've driven that X5. And I always get in there and there's an issue. There's something – not an issue, but there might be a light here or there. What's that, Rose? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, just tell me. They put a little piece of tape over it so you don't see the light. So, yeah, that's an issue. And, so, and that's why I think you've – you know, the basic cars. So when you're looking again, I'm not sure the European is the right answer. Now, in saying Mate, that, some of the, you know, friends of ours that have got European car, car sales, you know, but I think the standard Japanese car for a first car look, I think is perfect. 100%. This, these little MGs, I think the MGs are made in China or what, but honestly, for $15,000, $16,000, I think they were – if, it go, if something goes wrong, you've got the warranty. You've got Correct. the new car warranty. You take got, it. got the safety features. Right. You're not, you're not buying it because you're going to make money on it. Mate, if you can get 100, 150,000 kilometres out of a car like that. And then get rid of it. It's almost worth it. But to go, I'm not going to go spend 50, 60, 70, you know, $80,000. Obviously not. That's something else. But a little runaround. Even a, you know what? A used Fiat 500. With fifty, sixty thousand kilometers, are still fetching you know fifteen thousand, twelve to fifteen thousand dollars, right? I think brand new those pops were like twenty grand, nineteen nine ninety. That's right. So even with you know fifty, sixty thousand kilometers on there, they they've only dropped like by six to six to eight thousand dollars. But again, when you buy a car like that, then you can't really take it to a normal. No, you got to go to correct. So if you buy a new one, you just go straight back to the dealer. 
Correct. But if you're buying an older European car, you should really go to a specialist that deals with them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you're stuck. Well, I remember when I spoke to Mario, our technician, and I said about the Volkswagen Poly, he goes, I bet you're going to have a problem with the gearbox. There you go. They're known to have problems with the gearbox. He said, not now, but as they get, you know, and look at that, we're 100,000 kilometres, and there may be, maybe, they're not 100%, gearbox issues coming down. So I, I'm seriously not even going to look at the make of the car. I'm going to look at my budget first. I'm going to start with budget, Mick, and then I'm going to start who owe, uh, what manufacturer offers the longest warranty, period. So you're still, so, still going to look at new first? Well, I'll have a look at that price range first and then new, and then maybe if, if it can't buy it new because it's too much, have a look at maybe a used one of those cars. With Let, still just, some warranty left. Correct. It might be a Toyota Corolla. Three years old, not five years old. If it's five year car, you know, whatever it is, or four years old, so at least still get one year warranty. Something like that is what I might look at with maybe twenty thousand k's or things like that. That's yeah, what I'm going to really start. You really can't beat, you know, things like the Toyota Corolla or the Mazda three or perfect those small smallish cars, not being too tiny, and the reliability is probably second to none. Yeah, but that's what that's what I'm thinking. How I'm going to do it this time? Instead things of saying, might oh, change once you start looking. Yeah, you know, a little bit, you know, closer. Well, I think if I'm not too caught up on brand, you know, these little Suzukis that are out there, Mick, and they're not cheap. No, they're not cheap. I must admit, they're not cheap. It's not like, oh, it's Like cheap. the Jimny, you mean? There's that little Jimny, but there's a little Suzuki Swifts. Daihatsu make one. Hyundai make this little one now. I mean, there's some beautiful little cars out there. You know, I think we've when it comes to buying... Your kid's first car, in my opinion, it's safety has to come first. Safety does have to come first. Right. And the other thing is... Safety, it, rely, uh, reliability. Yeah. The other thing I thought of as well, and I'm probably prone to be doing that, is uh, not buying it for because you like it. No, 100%. It's really what should be relevant for them rather than, you know, living reliving our life again with a... And I love that. Look, I must admit... I did like the little Volkswagen Polo. That's why I did buy it also for their first car. And Louise and Giuseppe both liked it when we went down to see it. But, yeah, I liked it. I really liked it. And I always wanted one also myself. So I agree. You fall into that trap. Oh, it's a beautiful little car. Let's buy it. And and when you bought that, I did ask you a couple of questions. I said, hang on. This is, number one, I think it was lowered, wasn't it? It's lowered. It, it still lowered. is lowered. It's and still, Giuseppe loves it. Right? You know, but exactly right. It's hard. And it's, what model is it? It's the uh, um, Polo GTI. It's a GTI. So it's got a little bit of go. It's got a little bit, yeah, exactly uh, right. Which I was surprised it wasn't. Uh, it's not the, it's not the uh, Polo. Uh, sorry, it's not the uh, Golf GTI. Golf GTI. No, correct, but yeah. still, got plenty so it's of punch. Yeah, it's uh, got a beautiful little car. It's got a nice sound. Yeah, it looks, sounds. It looks pretty tough because it's black I, with the you know. It's all blacked out. The F1 edition, and I, look, a beautiful car. But I agree, I'm going to do a little bit more research this time, and buy with my brain, not so much my heart. Now, doing that, if you really wanted a manual and it's relatively new, can you still buy a Toyota Corolla in manual? I suppose you can. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to That's have a That's a good point. But, but anyway, look, you'll find something. But, you know, if we're going to if we're going to give any advice, safety has got to be number one. For 100%. Kids. Safety right. reliability yeah. for me. And and the reliability, because they're not going to look under the bonnet. They don't even, no, you know, no. they'll fill it up with fuel 100%. if you're lucky. 100%. You know, you know so anyway, so they're not gonna, you're not going to buy a classic 
for their first Unfortunately, no classic. All right, but maybe it will be one day. One day. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to leave it there. You can catch us on the show at mickandori at gmail.com and, of course, on our YouTube and uh, Instagram. So remember, if your car's not a classic... It will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.